0: Good afternoon or good evening, welcome to the Bronx Queens Bros Podcast, better known as the BTP Podcast. Welcome to episode number 31. It's like a whole month's worth of episodes now here, guys. It's freaking incredible. I'm one of your favorite hosts, Big V. We got Big D. We also got Jack B. Dave, how you doing?
1: Doing good. Episode 31. Should be a little bit calmer of an episode for Big V, hopefully. Um, Poor dude's been going, doing it so far. Uh, We'll touch on, you know, what our teams have been doing, but we got this month's Power Rankings coming up, so that's exciting. I'm ready to hear you guys debate. Jack, how you doing? You ready to uh, argue with this guy or what? Dave, I was
2: born ready, always down to (laughs) argue with V and debate away. We have an action-packed episode for us, although, you know, not as much Mets gloom and doom. We're going to talk about the Steve Cohen press conference, get that out of the way, make that quick, talk about the unfortunate Yankees loss last night and uh, the Mets nice win and then we'll get right into our power rankings and then lastly we have a game from Dave can't wait to get into that but first a message from our sponsor V take it away
0: this episode is sponsored by one of the best kept secrets in northern New Jersey engineering and design concepts small company doing big things they specialize in product development manufacturing and test equipment. If you or anyone you know need assistance in that field, they are the company you need to contact. The link to their website will be in the description below. Now, everybody who has ever listened to one of these podcasts knows that I'm a die-hard Mets fan, and that I've been a little, little hard on these Mets lately. And um, there's there's an the owner of this team that you guys may have heard of, Steve Cohen. And t- so we're filming right now on a Wednesday, and he had just came out with a press conference at four o'clock today. And he kind of came out, kind of what I expect at least. I don't know why some people were expecting him to come out and light the world on fire or something. Like, start firing people, live press conference. Like, what is this, WWE? Like, he's not doing that. Uh, he came out, clearly he was frustrated. At least I picked up from it. He seems like he's thoroughly disappointed about these Mets. But he's just kind of reassuring what his plan is. And he did He wasn't hitting the panic button. So it, it's it's not like I would have. I, I I can't tell you what I wanted to see because I don't know what it's gonna take for this Mets team to click. But I guess it's nice to know that he is frustrated, and that he is probably gonna be willing to do whatever it takes. Like if someone the, you know, if the team picks it up by the trade deadline, he's probably all in. But the team is still, at this point, by the trade deadline. I think he's going to take advantage of some of the veterans and probably just try to trade as much as he can and maybe get and build the farm. He did reiterate that he wants to keep building the farm system. So I would be shocked of any big trades happening, at least as well. Like, I don't think a trade for Otani would be a thing. Like I don't think he's emptying the farm for a person. I think Otani's an off-season money acquisition type of guy. Or any guy. Any big guy, batter arm, probably not in the works. Maybe come the deadline the Mets get hot or a little over 500. Maybe they get like a nice couple bullpen arms. Someone that's not going to cost them a lot of prospect value. That's all I could really see happening. Um, You know, I'm not disappointed with the conference. I'm not like thrilled with the conference but I also wasn't sure what he could have done to make everybody super excited that he's there. He's the owner at the end of the day. He doesn't make a lot of the baseball decisions and all that stuff. So what what do you think, Jack?
2: Yeah, V. I watched this whole press conference and I think you make a lot of good points where, you know, Steve is just in a lose-lose situation here and I know I gave him a hard time last episode, but you know, it's just a this is a no win situation, right he what's he going to say? I'm firing this and that person. that's what Mets fans would want, but you know part and he touched on this I thought was a great point. part of building an organization is structure and having people in positions of power for a long period of time. So I thought that was really great. He touched on that. a couple other notes I took v he's uh, made it very clear he's still looking for president of baseball operations. So, obviously, he's saying that's, like, priority one on his list. So, meaning Billy Epler will eventually need to report to someone. So, I think that's definitely an interesting note. Um, As well as what you touched on is he values the farm system much more than I think maybe we previously thought, where he was spending all this money in free agency. But I think he is smart enough to realize the good teams in baseball aren't just spending the most money. And I think more or less he wanted to put a competent team on the field. And if it was up to him, if the Mets had pieces like the Braves, he would have done it like the Braves, right? But that's just not the reality. He also touched on a couple things like how the Mets were behind in years past because of the lack of spending on the Wilpons. And I really thought that was kind of put things into perspective for Mets fans that are like, you know, like, let's go. I need to win a World Series already, but... These things take time, right? And uh, the groundwork was not met by the last ownership group. Yeah. It really wasn't. Yep. And they were behind on probably a lot of analytical groups and um, technology and what did he touch on like the pitch, some pitching tool? Yeah,
0: there was he he had mentioned something about the pitching uh, aspect of uh analytical department. And he goes Probably the spin rate. Yeah, and he goes he goes types. it's year 1 that we have it. Teams have had it for 8 years. He goes that's just to put it in perspective. He goes, when I acquired this team, there was no pitching on this team, and there was no pitching analytical department. There was no pitching prospects, pretty much is what he was saying. Uh, he goes, I acquired yeah. this team with nothing on the pitching end. And clearly right now, that is the problem with the Mets, is the pitching.
1: Right. So.
2: And, you know, crazy that they were able to, to develop with that, like, you know, lack of um, – you know, technology. They were able to develop the Grom and, you know, Cindergaard and Wheeler, guys like that, in the last couple of years, but, yeah, it really puts things into perspective, and I thought he made out well, coming from a non, you know, I'm not really superly emotionally invested Mets fan like you are, V. I thought, from an outsider's perspective, I really could appreciate some of the stuff he said, and yeah, and he, and he also made it clear that, you know, selling is an option. Right. I mean, I think he already made that clear with the move of Eduardo Escobar for the two prospects. But I think if this team continues to do bad, he pretty much said if we're at this pace come the trade deadline, we're not adding like that's we're not trading for, you know, he's not going to add guys to a team that's already out of it. Right. So um, which I think is the right move. It's just, you know.
0: It kind of, it could kind of. I, I don't know if you remember the year the Yankees traded Chapman, the year they made those couple nice, like when yeah. they were like a just under five hundred team, I believe. Yeah. Out of like probably out of the race, and they had some pieces that you can trade and get some nice prospects out of, and right. and, and they got Glaber out of it, they got Clint mm-hmm. Frazier out of it. I uh, can't remember anyone. Funny
2: enough, they got Billy McKinney, and then he bounced around yeah, and yeah, then yeah. came back.
0: So. <laughs> I don't think that would, would I hate to see that? Yes. And can the Mets still finish the season on a good note because they let the young guys play? 100%. Now, it kisses the playoffs goodbye, and not that I'm okay with it, but at least if you build up a prospects and then you kind of go into next year with a nice core offensively, and maybe you get some nice pitching somehow through trades with all the prospects, because at that point you built a little bit of a farm. Maybe then you you get another maybe you sign another free agent or something, and it, it starts the ball rolling of building a like a, a nice dynasty. Is, I think what he's trying to build is a year in year out. We don't have to sign every every year's big free agent because we got this. We got six prospects like the Dodgers who come up and can throw a hundred miles an hour from either side of the plate and can just have a sub three ERA anytime.
2: Like right,
0: that's what they're trying and- to build.
2: And what makes the Dodgers so potent, V, which is a great point, you bring them up, especially the last few years, is they've been able to identify the talent not only in free agency but international free agency and, you know, through the draft where they have a decision every trade deadline. We can keep our prospects because, you know, they could develop into good players or we move them because we're so confident in our system of how we develop players That if we trade our best, you know, two, three prospects for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner like they did, we're we're confident in our developmental group that we could just develop four or five more guys and replenish our farm system just like that. So I think that that's probably where every team wants to be, but I think that's where the Mets really aim to be with a checkbook like Steve Cohen and, you know, what they're aiming to do developmentally. I think, you know, that's where they want to be.
0: Yeah, I think think they're headed to the right track. I think the Mets... Farm system has slowly been getting better the past this past year, I would say, and I think the development of these guys are kind of growing. And um, I mean, there's no way of knowing. We'd have to wait like three, four years to see if they're really pumping out prospects left and right. Um, but I think, like you said, with Chuck with Cohen, that's definitely heading the right way.
2: Well, one last point, and I think it's an important one. I think teams now, like the average owner, is aiming to do more of what the Yankees and Dodgers have done. And I think this is kind of what the Mets want to do. Where they're good, you know, maybe not great, but they're good pretty much every year. They can make the playoffs every year because it puts asses in the seats, right? Yep. And you could sell merch that with merchandise and shirts and whatever. But you never go crazy like what the Padres have done. Oh yeah. And I guess kind of like what the Mets have done, but not, you know, not as much star power as the Padres. And we're kind of seeing how, you know, maybe that could backfire. You go all all in and then you end up, you know, it, things don't work out, expectations are high. I think more teams are kind of aiming to do more of what the Yankees have done even though they get criticized for doing it. It's just kind of being good every year, never really making the huge splash trades or crazy signings. But, you know, they're still going to be in the playoffs every year and competitive every year.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I have a question that's so off topic now because you bring up the Padres. But, like, Juan Soto, is he available at the deadline?
2: Yeah, I I don't know. I hope. (laughs) I hope. (laughs) Because I think he, oh my God, he would be such a good Yankee, but. I don't know.
0: I'm, I'm only just curious because the Padres clearly, I think, are a little more lost than the Mets at this point.
2: I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd go that far, V. I
0: will explain why. Because Padres' offense is horrible.
2: Yeah, it is a bit bizarre.
0: I mean, and with Tatis having a good year. Machado. So, Soto's having a great year. Oh, yeah, that's you. Soto's having a great year. But Machado and Bogarts.
2: Yeah, not good.
0: They both got their check and said, mm, "I'm not gonna have try." Anymore. Yeah, Cronenworth, I, I'm a, Cronenworth gets eighty mil. Nothing. He's been bad. Yeah, I don't even know who their catcher is. Hassan yeah. Kim is actually kind of okay, but like it seems. It's like, been Gary. Oh, that's right. That's right. But like, it seems like nothing's clicking for them offensively. On the Mets, yeah. on the Mets end, it's the pitching. But the reason why I'm a little more. I just feel like the pitching is slowly getting turned around right now. It's just right. it's not coming. Def- yeah. I just see the Padres I mean, fully lost right now.
2: I think that goes right into our next point, V. Because how great was David Peterson last night? Oh, oh my goodness!
0: I could have. I screamed last episode. Why are you starting this guy? <laughs> what do I know? What do I know? Clearly, I don't know shit. But that was amazing. I, I literally go to my mom. You can ask her. I go, oh, we're losing this game 10-4 to 4, probably. I'm like, Peterson's pitching. He's got an 8 ERA. And then my mom goes, what does ERA mean again? I'm like, mom, let me tell you. It means on average for every 9 innings this guy pitches, he allows 8 runs. So let's, I'm like, hypothetically, mom, if he pitches 9 innings, he's going to allow 8 runs. So let's put that in perspective. I was like, we're winning yeah. this game. And she goes, oh, that's not good. And then he looked horrible the first inning. Uh hmm and then slowly kind of, like, allowed a couple hits here and there, but, like, kind of settled in. Lindor, Nimmo, Bogey. Bogey back yeah. with the two RBIs. Already to giving me that point on the board. I mean, like, it was, it was a nice kind of game to watch. It's like, where the fuck has this been all year? You know?
2: Yeah. And I was worried that Buck was going to do the same thing he did with Verlander and not bring... Peterson back out for the sixth, but he did. He, he did. brought him right back out, and Peterson got into a little bit of trouble. And um, Lindor made an outstanding oh, play in the whole round. Wow. Great scoop. That was great. So, yeah, a nice, a nice Mets win, finally, for once. They looked like a real team with, uh, you know, that that looked like a playoff team. If you just look at that game, you would think they're a playoff team. But then, you know, it's the inconsistencies. Go ahead.
0: Before we jump to the Yankees struggling offense, which you could do right, right after what I say, Lindor. Past two weeks, batting 316, four home runs, eleven RBIs, with an eleven zero six OPS. He's uh, what I say. Said he was looking. He was looking better at the plate. My in game, like I'm telling, I sense these things. He was looking good. and Now the numbers are starting to back it up, and he's still on track to hit forty doubles, over thirty home runs, driving over a hundred runs. I get the averages low. Those are some big time. Nice counting stats, and you'll have probably like a 700 OPS, which I know isn't amazing, but he'll, he'll, yeah, it's because the average is low.
2: Very true, V. Very true about Lindor. Um, maybe some resurgence there, but let's talk about the Yankees real quick, because yeah. man, that was a rough game yesterday. Um, the Yankees ended up losing two to one. They got a really nice performance from Brito, and the offense once again just could not score against the worst pitching staff. Top to bottom, starters and bullpen in baseball could do anything. John Crowley and I'm starting to lose complete faith because this guy, he now is not even hitting the ball hard. He's just. Uh, did you see Dave? I don't know if you stayed up to watch him hit a ground ball and then do like a ballerina twirl at home plate. Like, I, I don't know what Buddy is doing, but he's just lost. We get a home run from Donaldson, which was nice, but then in the ninth inning, Donaldson. It's very bizarre to me the amount of pitches Donaldson takes that are right down the middle. They're right down the middle, and he'll just sit there and take it. Gets, you know, caught looking just a terrible at bat. Volpe did have three hits, which was awesome to see. I think he's over 300 since the whole uh, chicken parm thing, which, uh, cool, I guess. Um, I think he's the only player, position player on our team that is above league average, in on-base percentage for the position. Obviously, like production from position-wise, obviously Judge, he hasn't been here, so most of our right field has been McKinney or Bowers or, you know, IKF. But the shortstop position is our best position for on-base percentage relative to other positions. So, it absolutely bizarre. And people wanted him sent down, and I think I even said it on here that maybe he should be sent down, but he's looked much better of late. Um, yeah, I mean, the offense is terrible. Hopefully, Hal Steinbrenner's watching, and, you know, this is why Yankee fans are upset. So, it's like, it, it's very clear. It's not like the Mets, where it's like, one one game, we pitch really well, the next game, or and then we can't hit, right? Or this game, we we're hitting really well and then we give up eight runs, right? Or the bullpen blows. It's the Yankees, the problem is right there. We can't hit right now without Aaron Judge in the lineup. And we got to either figure out why that's the case, why we're not getting on base. Um are we, you know, are we too right-handed still? I don't really know. Do we need somebody else? They got to make some moves, I would think. So, um Yeah, bullpen was great once again, guys. uh, The Yankees' bullpen, I think it's still best in baseball, so. I don't know. Uh, The pieces, trade pieces, that I would give up. Like, people I would give up. Honestly, besides Volpe, Judge, Cole, and maybe Clay Holmes. I'm not even kidding. Maybe Rizzo as well, because he's really good at first. I'm good with anyone else leaving like I'm not I'm not maybe that's a hot take but
1: I don't know Dave what do you think I mean it's a hot take in the sense of it's crazy to hear that coming from you but hearing it come from you I'm like yeah I pretty much agree I mean Bader I think because of maybe I forgot Bader yeah I'd probably keep him yeah He's just, um, I feel like him and Judge together is the offense you need. We've just, like, not seen that at all this year. Um, yeah. But I do wonder about his future in New York and his contract and everything. Because his contract's up after the season, right? I think I believe so. Yeah, so I, I wonder if, you know, how that all plays. But he did have an awesome quote where he said he would stay here for free. so Or he would play for free, I think he said. Um, yeah, like which that. which is what you want to hear, you know, from your starting center fielder. So, I say put Bader on the untouchable list. Um, other than that, I feel like you know Yankees might have some rotation changes coming soon. Hopefully, with Carlos Rodon coming healthy, and it's good to see Brito continue to look good. That's encouraging. But yeah, um, I don't know, Jack. Let's see if they can shake something up. Something's got to happen. Yeah. Right. Um, With that being said, we already talked about a couple of other teams this episode. Fellas, it's been a while since you have done your power rankings, and I was not here for that last episode, and I didn't go back and watch it, because I wasn't here, so I didn't really see the point. Um, With that being said, how do you guys want to do this? Are either of our teams going to be there? That's what I'm tuning in for. How do you guys want to do this?
0: You want to start back from 10, Jack? 10, 10, 9?
2: Yeah, let's, go. let's do that. So my 10th, Team V, a first time in my power rankings the f- Miami. I'm going to say Florida. Miami Marlins at number 10.
0: Jack, me and you must be thinking a lot alike right now because no in way. number 10, I got the Miami Marlins. I mean, they're looking great. They're, they're playing they great. They are looking great. Luis Arias is chasing mm-hmm. down history. Jorge He's Sol- Soler is hitting bombs. Chisholm is now back healthy. They're pitching. Yep. Even with the... Yuri Perez. Yuri Perez, a 20-year-old phenom. Was even, imagine Alcantara was pitching good, where this team would be. This, so,
2: Unbelievable, what they're doing. Yep. Kind of a shock, right? We oh. never really expected it, but...
0: I said, watch out, they could be a 500 team. They're well above that.
2: Number 9, V, I got the Cincinnati Reds. Don't tell me you have the Reds as well.
0: He nine, does, look at this. The Cincinnati Reds. Guys, we didn't we, oh we didn't God. do this together I promise you I just think we uh, now that the season's playing out I think we're gonna realize who really deserves being in power rankings here um yeah they went on that crazy 11 game winning streak yeah Ellie De La Cruz looks like an absolute stud so much fun to watch vado is healthy they got some nice other pieces
2: yeah, they, and, they're smacking the ball right now. Spencer Steer's been great. Jonathan India's been great. Yeah, they swept the Astros in Houston. Um, Hunter Green is is injured right now. That's the one thing. It's their pitching. But their bullpen's been lights out. Yeah. Um, Mr. Uh, Edwin, his brother, Alexis Diaz, he's been unbelievable. He, he's almost as spirits. dominant.
0: He's almost as I dominant. Know. That's incredible. So, yeah. We got him, Ray Jack.
2: Number eight, I have the Los Angeles Dodgers.
0: This is where I'm disagreeing with you now. Okay. And number eight, I got the New York Yankees.
2: Okay. Okay, so I'll, I'll go first. I just think maybe you have the Dodgers a little bit higher on your list or maybe not in your list at all, but um, I just think they're going to be there when it's all said and done. And, you know, I know the injury bugs got them a little bit with their pitching staff, but... Um, you know, when they're on, they're really good still. Mookie Betts has been great. Freddie Freeman just seems, like, super consistent for the last, like, ten years, it seems like. He's been unbelievable for them, and I think they'll be there when it's all said and done in the National League.
0: Yeah, um, I'm not going to tell you where I got the Dodgers, but... And I got the Yankees here. I had them a little higher last time, and the time before that a little higher. They're ticking down, but they're still winning ball games. It's just, right now the Yankees are missing that edge for me. They got no offense without Judge. They seem a little lost. Their pitching is very good. And I think they're one or two offensive pieces away from moving right up to the top five again on this list.
2: That's all. Yeah. V, I got the Yankees in at seven, so not that far off. Okay. Um, for the reasons you said, bullpen, outstanding. They're second in earned runs in the whole MLB. Even though their starting pitching has been pretty bad outside of um, Cole. And Herman was good the first half of the year. And now Schmidt has seemed like him and Schmidt have kind of swapped. Schmidt looks really good, which is great to see. Finally, Clark Schmidt. um, Looking like the pitcher that Yankee fans have always thought him to be. Um, Yeah, super exciting stuff. But, yeah, I got the Yankees in at number seven.
0: Number seven, I have the San Francisco Giants. I had them, I had the Yankees and Giants flipped at first, but I put the Giants ahead just because they had that nice winning streak. It was 8-9-10 game, whatever it was. And their offense looks very good. Former Mets Davis and Conforto carrying that offense, which is just Mets-like. Um, and their pitching look pretty good. Logan Webb looks good. And I think there's just a couple bullpen pieces away, honestly. I think their bullpen's a little weak. But they've been looking really good in a tough division.
2: V, one... One thing I want to say, I don't have the Giants on my list. Really? I'm not a long-term believer in the Giants. I don't think that they're going to be, I mean, maybe they'll make the playoffs. I don't know. I'm just not a long-term believer. The bullpen, to me, is just not quite where I would want it to be. Um, yeah.
0: I just think the Giants as an organization has always had a knack of winning and getting yeah. into the playoffs, so I'm going to take history on my side on this list for me.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. Alright, number six. I have the Houston Astros. Damn, down to all the way. 42 and 37. Crazy to think. They've been struggling a little bit lately. Down from my number one spot in our first edition of Power Rankings. Um, The Astros, man, seems like they have suffered from a little bit of the Mets problem. They sometimes could score, and then their pitching sometimes struggles. And then their hitting offense, which has been the main issue of this team, has also struggled at times. Um, v, Lance McCullers going on the IELTS for the rest of the year. Once again, that was like my one calling card. I think he could really help the pitching staff, which has, by the way, led up the least amount of runs in baseball still, even with Al McCullers. I don't know. I think if they can get, man, I hate to say it, but if the Mets end up selling and they trade either Scherzer or Verlander <laughs> to the Astros, oh my goodness. I think the rest of the league's in trouble. And you're on Alvarez, got to get healthy,
0: Big time. I have a very weird hot take. I had Houston in my 11th spot, so they did not make my... Okay. I think they're just not playing good ball right <laughs> now. I think they'll sneak right back in. I play a hot hand in my, my top 10s here. You like yeah. the
2: We know how you are.
0: And I think the offense is nowhere near what it needs to be. That offense, to me, is not good. And they got a couple nice pieces. And they're missing Alvarez. And I know that. But I think that offense is missing too many pieces. I think they need. I know you just mentioned a big trade for, like, Scherzer or something. Imagine a trade for, like, Juan Soto or something instead, though. Mm. That's where I would be more scared if I were the Yankees. Getting another big bat in there. In my sixth slot got this Los Angeles Dodgers. Every reason Jack said. I know they got the injury bug, but it's the Dodgers. You already know at the deadline. If someone's hurt, they're probably gonna get a big shortstop. They're probably gonna get some they're gonna get some big name out there. And they're gonna probably make the playoffs and probably go on like a nice little run. Probably get kicked out at some point. But it's the Dodgers. They're gonna do good. They're gonna be a good team.
2: All right, V, my number five spot, I have the Baltimore Orioles, a team you were really high on before the season, and I really question their pitching, but their bullpen has been excellent. Their starters have been just okay, and I think good enough to keep them in games because that offense is unbelievable, and our guy Aaron Hicks just killing the game right now. So, yeah, I got the Orioles in at number five.
0: Uh, At number five, I got the Arizona Diamondbacks, and um, they're first in the NL West. Corbin Carroll, Lordy Scoriel Jr., who they traded from Toronto, uh, More, uh, Morel, um Morano, who's the catcher? Gabriel Moreno. 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 I couldn't remember his name. I mean, these guys are just, I mean, even Evan Longoria, 11 home runs and like 130 at-bats. I mean, like, and their pitching is fantastic, led by, yeah. obviously, Zach Gallen. I mean, this looks like kind of a complete team right now, and uh, they're going to be dangerous. I'd be scared to run into them in the playoffs.
2: Yeah. V, I got the D-backs at number four for all those same reasons. They're just, they're a powerhouse, you know. I, it's crazy to think. You could kind of see it the last couple of years. that You know, if they just filled out the roster, they would be right there, and they finally plugged in a few of those holes. And I, I was really questioning that Dalton Varsho trade, but it seems like it's kind of paid off well, and, um, yeah, seems like it's worked out better for them than the,
0: the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays, oh, 100%. Yeah. It looks like uh, Arizona got two good players for one good player. So, yep. uh, yeah. And number four, I got the Baltimore Orioles. We uh, flipped them right there, Jack. I got Baltimore higher, I think, maybe because I said from the start of the season they're making the playoffs. And <laughs> if the Mets fall out of the playoff contention, I am a known Orioles fan. I got to get an Orioles hat for that case. Um, but uh, they look really fun. They're fun to watch. The young team, awesome. I, they're one big starter away. If the Mets sell and Baltimore go get Max Scherzer, that might be scary. So.
2: V, this is uh, great to see. I think we have the same top three, but I don't know if it's in the same order. So I'm going to list you my top three, and then we could debate. All right? Go and ahead. then you go. and then Okay, yeah. so three, two, one, in order. My number three, I have the Tampa Bay Rays. Number two, I have the Texas Rangers. And number one, I have the Atlanta Braves. Where are we at, V?
0: Number three I have Texas, number two I have Tampa, number one I have Atlanta.
2: Okay. Very close. So let's start, let's start with Atlanta because I know you hate the Braves, but damn, are they good. It seems like the all-star team, which is actually hysterical this year, is going to be like pretty much eight Atlanta Braves and then Freddie Freeman, which is hysterical because he just left the Braves. <laughs> it's crazy how that. But, I mean, guys, the Atlanta Braves. I wrote down some stats here, V. They're third in runs, second in hits, first in home runs by 20 home runs. 20 home runs. They're second in batting average at 270. They're hitting 270 as a team. And a team that's lead. it's not like it's the Yankees from back then when they would hit the home runs and have low averages. This team is second in average and first in home runs by 20. It, it's just unbelievable stuff. They're second on base percentage, first in slugging, first in OPS. And the pitching staff isn't bad either. You know, it's nothing uh, it's nothing to uh, be upset about. And I think they'll just get healthier as the year goes on. They threw that random guy last night who absolutely shoved. I, I forgot his name. He was a lefty. He looked outstanding for them. And I think that the question becomes, can Spencer Strider be that number one come playoff time? Will he stay healthy? Um, that remains to be seen. But, yeah, the Braves are by far the best team baseball to me.
0: Yeah, as much as I hate to agree, I have to agree because it's the truth. Atlanta is literally the most complete team in baseball. They hit, they hit for power, hit for average, they pitch, they strike people out, and yeah. I mean, they're just good at baseball, and I hate it for a Mets fan.
2: Yeah, and who had Orlando Arcia being pretty much better than Dansby Swanson on their bingo card to... Start the 2023
0: season. Crazy. It's a little crazy, actually.
2: Alright, so now let's go to your number two team, my number three team, the Tampa Bay Rays, who I did say that they would come back down to earth eventually, and they kind of have offensively. The pitching is still there, V. This team is still super dangerous, and, um, yeah, just also a great team. I, I just have the Rangers slightly ahead of them. I do like some of their pieces better, but... The Rangers bullpen really is not good as uh, the Yankee series kind of played out that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I had the Rays in first, my first two power rankings, and they just finally got knocked off to number two, and uh, they are coming back down to earth. But I did say, Jack, I said it from the start that they're looking, they look pretty legit to me, and um, yeah, I think I, I think they've kept my word. They kept my word looking good. They're not obviously that 11 0, 14 and 1 start that they did. Yeah. But they're a very good team. And I think they're another offensive piece away from being big time, big time guys.
2: Yeah. It's crazy some of the production they're getting out of these guys. Like, um, I forget. Oh, Jose Siri. Hey, he has 14 home runs, I think, something outrageous like that. And Rosarina's been killing it. Taylor Walls was outstanding through April and May. And, you know, Wander's been. Great, finally um, Yandy Diaz he's having a career year looked like the AL MVP through May so yeah crazy stuff from the Rays and then we'll get to the Rangers here Um, man if this team just had Jacob DeGrom I think we would be talking about them so differently but super unfortunate what's happened to him and I mean this Rangers lineup when they played the Yankees I don't know how the Yankees got 2 out of 3 with how their offense is playing but the whole one through nine scares you. Let's just start off like that. One through nine scares you, and they play great defense. And you know, it really comes down to that bullpen. They're going to need a trade for some arms, but oh, yeah. the starting pitching is is more than adequate to, I think, make a nice postseason run. It's just going to come down to the bullpen.
0: One hundred percent. I think the starting rotation has actually been a very pleasant surprise for them. Bullpen definitely has a lot of question marks. And Jack, you hit the nail on the nose or whatever the phrase is, because if DeGrom was healthy for this team, pitching every five days, this team is probably in our number one spot
1: We can agree on that one, V.
0: Dave, what do you think of our Broncos?
1: Uh, yeah, very well done. Um, I think it's interesting to see you guys really still have the same approach to it, where V, you kind of just, you know, you really... Focus in on who's all star break time. Not a lot of variability. Hot right now, where Jack kind of looks at more of a seasonal projection. Totally fine. I love both approaches, and it's interesting to see as we're kind of getting up to the, even though we're approaching it in two different manners. Like, I remember the first time you guys completely disagreed. (laughs) We're all over the place.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, No pirates on our list anymore. No, sadly,
0: the pirates got kicked off. But the
1: Reds made it, so. Yeah, who knows? Alright, real quick, before we jump into my game show, I just wanted to bring this up since we're kind of talking about is happening to Alec Manoa and how he gave up all things around the league this episode. Can we just talk real quick, as two baseball experts, can you please enlighten me what Ebner runs in a rookie ball game? Oh, like, How does that happen? So, <laughs> wait, be
2: really, really quick before you go. I just want to say for the record, the one Yankee game I went to this year, Alec Manoa pitched and gave up two hits to the Yankees and shut them out through seven innings. I just want to put that out there. So with Aaron Judge in the lineup.
0: So have you ever seen the movie Freaky Friday? You know, it's an Isn't old. Isn't that where they really, like movie. switch bodies
1: or something? This
0: way. So I'm, I'm actually Alec Manoa, guys, and the guy pitching is me. <laughs> Every time Alec Manoa goes to pitch, we go, we say, the Alec, switch bodies," and then I go pitch. So that's why his numbers look really, really bad. Um, but no, honestly, oh my, I can't even tell you. Like this guy goes from going third in the Cy Young to allowing two home runs to guys who were born in two thousand and four in April. I, Jack, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not kidding when I say this. I think I would have had a better pitching performance if I pitched. Like, genuinely.
2: Yeah, it's not good for Alec, and I know he's been um, a real kind of target for Yankee fans. They hate him because of the stuff he said about Garrett Cole, and he's had a lot to say about the Yankees. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh People point to his weight, how, you know, he might be getting super tired come the end of games because the pitch clock and he has to move much faster because I know he was one of the slowest pitchers in the league over the last couple of years. But I just think, you know, he seems to have lost some velocity and I think that probably things get exposed when you're not throwing as hard as you were, you know. The mistakes become magnified and I think
1: that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah, I it hate Can you imagine, I think it was the... Um, It was the Yankees um, affiliate that he played against, but could you imagine being that team and being like, oh crap, we're going up against Alec Manoa, like, he really doesn't have any business being here, and then you just shell him for 11 runs, two home runs, as he said, it's Uh like, that's got to be a confidence boost. Real quick, do we think there's any hope for Manoa to figure it out and get back to a shell of himself? Even though I don't like the guy, you would like to think
2: so, I don't know. I would just be, it would almost scare me just as a fan of the game. If a pitcher could be at the top of the sport one year, like even if it was a Yankee, top of the sport for basically three years, and then the next year he completely falls off or he's getting shelled by like 17-year-olds, I would be upset. So I'm hoping, you know, there's something mechanical or he's injured, you know, there's some underlying issue. Because if this is happening to
1: a bunch of players, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be too happy about it. All right. Yeah, just wanted to bring that up. I was blown away when I saw that, but let's move right on along here. We have a fun game for you guys prepared. Well, I have a fun game for you guys prepared. It's a repeat offender. It's the second edition of Big D's. Add up. So get your calculators out.
2: Oh, my favorite.
1: We're going to add up some statistics and I've changed some things around. So listen closely forget how I did it before, but I know it wasn't like this. How I'm doing it now (laughs) is I'm going to ask you, uh, the guy of the team, so V, you would do the Mets, I'm going to ask you to add up three players of a given statistical category for their career on the Mets. And if you get within a precise range, which I will highlight what that is, you get five points. If you get the next window, the furthest possible window, You get three points. If you get the furthest possible window, you get one point. The other person then has a chance to steal and get it in, though, that'll be worth two points, and I will tell you if it's higher or lower than the estimated total that um, the person guessed. So we're going to start with UV. You're in the driver's seat, the hot seat first, because we're going to rip through some Mets players. I got three prepared, and then we'll switch and give. Jack a stab at it. All right. So here we go. We are going to start with stolen bases. And again, you can, Mm -hmm. I'm going to list three players. You can give me one player and I will tell you his answer. Like uh, his uh, total for that category. All right. All right. So V, your three players, career stolen bases on the Mets are Jose Reyes, Carlos Beltran, and Angel Pagan. Now, V, before you start guessing, if you get the correct answer within plus or minus 10 stolen bases, that's how you get 5 points. Within 20 is 3 points, and within 50 is 1 point. Got it. Okay.
0: Um... May I have how many Jose Reyes stole?
1: Jose Reyes stole 408... Bases for the Mets. Holy! <laughs> it's a lot of bases.
0: I'm pulling out the calculator, Jack.
1: He's on Google. He's on Baseball Reference.
0: Okay, I got. I got. A, I got a guess here.
1: Give it to me six hundred and thirteen all right V Jose Reyes had 408 stolen bases Carlos Beltran had 100 and Angel Pagan had 87 so that's a total of 595 so you are within 20 of the correct number so you get three points
0: so I wrote Jack I had 603
1: Jack was closer
0: uh, I'm, I still won. I wrote Beltran at 125 and Pagan
1: at 80. That was pretty close there. Pretty close, pretty close. I eight. All right, so V gets three for stolen bases. And we are going to move right along to wins for starting pitchers. Okay. All right. Your three Mets to add them up are Dwight Gooden, Ron Darlin, and Sid Fernandez.
0: Can I have
1: Sid Fernandez wins? You sure can. Sid Fernandez recorded 20 wins in his career with the Mets. Oh, and let what me is, tell you real quick. Did I say 20? What did I say?
0: 20.
2: Yeah, 20.
1: I was writing down 20. He recorded 98 wins for the Mets.
0: Okay, because I was about to <laughs> say 20 seems so <laughs> All
1: right, huh? What I wanted to do was tell you the ranges. So the first range is within 20. Uh, wins. The second range is fifty. The third range is a hundred. Okay. I hopefully was trying to make this easier for you guys this episode. I felt bad last time.
0: All right, Dave. Thanks,
1: Dave.
0: (laughs) My answer is 412.
1: All right, so uh, Dwight Gooden had 457 wins on the Mets. Ron Darling had 99, and then Sid Fernandez had his 98. Wait, what? No, uh, wow. Wow, I'm struggling. I can't even read my own handwriting. <laughs> Dwight Gooden had 157 wins. Okay. Ron Darling had 99. Sid Fernandez had 98. So that total is 354. So, V, you were within 100 of the correct answer. So that means you got one point for starting and pitching and wins. Okay, I'll take
0: one. I was off by the Ron Darling one. I, I had a whole other 50 wins on him.
2: Guys, I gotta go pee. I'm sorry. He was looking extra fidgety.
0: Damn it. I had one. Yeah, I six can't f- believe I was things. Like, I, I was like, 400 wins. I'm like, I was even story.
1: saying that. I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Put it in God. the
0: blooper. Put it in the blooper.
1: <laughs> I don't even know if I can cut that out.
0: No, it's okay. Just just accept the fun. Yeah,
1: I don't even know if I want to. No,
0: nah, it's more genuine. Cuz you should have seen me mm. Jack and I I look at Jack and Jack's like
1: Yeah. I looked at my, I I came up with a total of 654 and then I looked at my numbers I'm like, "Oh, that's not correct."
0: <laughs> okay. Not a bad start here. We got the first two.
1: Four total. Yeah, I really don't think there should be any steal opportunities, but the real question is, can Jack beat you in the Yankees version? Yeah. My brother Dean just texted me, any update on the China order? Oh, shit. I'm like, I'm like, well, I didn't know how serious he was about that. I thought that was like a whenever we get to it type of thing. But he told me he has a deal for behind-the-seat uh, plates, or behind-the-plate seats for 150 bucks with food and drinks included until the 6th inning. So. For when? He invited me up. July 9th.
0: Oh, just you or not me?
1: I, well, I told him I'm not going. Ow. I just can't. I can't justify it right now, but it's a pretty nice deal.
0: That is
1: a steal. Yeah. All right, good to go. All right. So we got one more for the Mets.
2: So four zero v, or is it going by column? Four zero. No, four. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right, v. So you are currently up four to nothing because you got three on your stolen bases and one on your starting pitcher wins. Our last category here is home runs. So you have three Mets to add them up. Your three Mets are David Wright, Mike Piazza, and Carlos Delgado. And your ranges are if you get within 50, you get five points. If you get within 100, you get three points. If you get within 200, you get one point. So don't let us down. Don't be 200 off.
0: Can I have Carlos Delgado's home run record?
1: Uh, There's no record to be found, but he did have 104 home runs on the Mets. (laughs) Maybe there's a record. I don't know.
0: You know what I bet. You know what I bet. (laughs) So. I'm, I'm actually very confident in this one. And... I know it's not on the money, but I want to get very close. I'm going to go with 555. Is my
1: 555. All right, so David Wright had 242 career home runs. Mike Piazza had 220. Carlos Delgado had 104. So that brings the total to 566. So you were well within 50, so you just awarded yourself five points. Brandon, your grand Mets total to nine points. Not giving Jack a single opportunity to to get a steal. Um, But, hey, we're going to go to the Yankees now. We're going to put Jack in the hot seat, and we'll see if he can get closer to your guesses and beat that nine point.
0: Come on, Jack. Come on.
1: All right, Jack, I did the same stats with you, and just for fun, I'm going to let you pick which one you want to do first. Stolen bases, home runs, or wins? Stolen bases first, because I feel like this is the
2: toughest one for
1: me. All right. So, again, your acceptable range for five points is 10. For three points is 20. For one point is 50. Your three Yankees, to add them up, are Brett Gardner, Robinson Cano, and Didi Gregorius. V always always complains I make it too hard on him, so Jack, get ready.
2: (laughs) How many stolen bases did Brett Gardner have as a Yankee?
1: Brett Gardner had 274 stolen bases as a Yankee.
2: Oh my god, I would have never guessed that. Didi... Cano was kind of... He would steal it earlier in his career, I think, so... I don't know, man. I feel like Didi didn't steal that much.
1: He wasn't looking. Alright, Dave, I'm going 375. 375, he says. All right, so Brett Gardner had 274 stolen bases. Robinson Cano Jack, 38. Didi Gregorius Jack, 27. Oh, my God. So, So your total is 339, but you were within 100, or 50. You were within 50, so you do get one point for this category. So you come away with something. Come away with something. you just really got to do a lot better than the next two ones. Mm-hmm. Which one you want on next?
2: Um, I'm going to go say orders V. I want the home runs last. It's probably the one I could do the best at. So let's go pitch your wins.
1: All right. Um, so the acceptable ranges are 20 for 5 points, 50 for 3 points, and 100 for 1 point. Your three Yankees to add them up for wins are Andy Pettit, Roger Clemens, and Orlando Hernandez. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm cooked.
2: (laughs) I'm cooked. Oh, God. El Duque was a Yankee for quite a while. Um... And Paul years. Clemens is the tough one because he bounced around. He had two stints with the Yankees. I never really, I don't really know. I know Pettit never reached 300 wins. He's probably, did have those seasons in Houston. All right, Dave, can I
1: have Clemens, please? You sure can, Roger Clemens had eighty-three wins on the Yankees. Wow,
2: eighty-three wins. I feel like the, the average fan would probably expect a little bit more than that. Yeah, I was um, a little shocked,
1: and I'm above average. <laughs> um, let's see here. Now, just to help you out a little bit, Jack, because I did make it harder for you. If you recall, and if you picked up on, I do list the players in a certain yeah, yeah, yeah. order. Okay. All yeah, right. I, remember, I remember. Don't worry, V. He already knew. <laughs> Don't worry, I knew too. I'm going. <laughs> no, you didn't.
0: I want to give you my number. I got a number
1: here. Three nineteen. Final answer, Dave. Three nineteen. All right, it's a little more competitive. V, what's your final answer? Mine was three
0: eighty-three.
1: All right, so Andy Pettit had 219 wins for the Yankees. Roger Clemens had his 83. El Duque had 61. So the grand total is 363. So, V, you were 20 off. Um, you would have gotten five points, but Jack, you still get three points. Leaving right. this home run category, you need to right, nail it. So I
2: saved it for last.
1: 'Cause it is nine to four. Alright. Alright, Jack. Home runs. Yankees have a rich history. Gonna go pretty far back. Not too far back. But far back enough to make you panic a little bit. You have to get within fifty in order to tie V, and then I don't know what to do at that point in time. Um But I don't know, we just pat on the back, I guess. All right, your three Yankees, Jack, to add them up, not to add two and minus one, are Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, and Elston Howard.
2: from a previous game Roger Maris does not have that many career home runs or as many as you would think um see so I hope you guys Alston. learn Elston Howard alright I'll take
0: why people show this the Gabe show Alarm.
1: right
2: I'll take Elston Howard please
1: Elston Howard finished his career with 161 home runs on the Yankees. That's a great thing I asked. Great thing I asked. Do you think Maris was lower than that initially? Or did you not really um, get that far in your thought? No, I didn't. Okay, just curious.
2: But I I still would have been far off Uh, Maris. Okay, my final answer, Dave, 893.
0: Very, cl- I was very close to yours.
1: What'd you get, V? I had
0: 867.
1: All right. Mickey Mantle had 536 home runs for the Yankees. Roger Maris had 203. Jack Elston Howard's 161 totaled a 900 home runs for these three guys. You sir, got within your required fifty and tied up the game. Let's nine to nine. Well done, my friend. Way to be clutch oh, wow. at the end here. I did not expect you. I, I lost faith in you after the uh, the Pettit debacle.
0: <laughs> Just to be clear, I would have got. I would have done better on the Yankees game than the Mets. I got five <laughs> points and five points the last two.
1: That's true. That's true. So interesting. Alright, guys. Well, I think I maybe made it too easy on you guys. How about this? No, I know what we're going to do. I'm going to baseball reference a player right now. Oh, shit. One for each team. Actually, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. Bear with me. Here's what we're going to do. Real quick. I'm going to find a player that played on both teams. Alright, here's what we're going to do. This guy played seven years on the Mets, six on the Yankees. Pitcher, we are going to do strikeouts. David Cohn.
0: Oh! I'm calculating now. Seven years on the Mets?
1: Yep, six on the Yankees. He played, I did not know he played on the Red Sox.
0: I'm going to go with one thousand and fifty strikeouts in the Mets.
2: Going eight oh eight, Dave, eight oh eight.
1: All right. One, two, three, two, <laughs> <laughs> All right. V, you guessed 1,050 strikeouts for David Cohn. David Cohn finished his career on the Mets with 1,172, so you're off by 122 strikeouts. That's
2: not bad.
1: Bringing us over to Jack, David Cohn's career on the New York Yankees. Jack, you guessed 808 strikeouts. David Cohn finished with eight hundred and eighty eight career strikeouts. So you only were off by eighty. So you were closer. And a very convoluted twist and turn game show. I guess Jack is our winner. But V, what I'll do is he only wins by one point. So we gotta keep an eye out for our over unders of last episode to see who ends up wearing the hat. So right. he has a one point handicap on the over unders. Alright. Honestly, fellas, I thought I made I thought this is just a hard game. From last episode, you guys killed it this episode. That was impressive. Nobody didn't get a point. Ah, very good. All right, with that being said, um, do we want to quickly um, preview or, I guess, finish off the series they're playing or preview the series for this weekend? Um, As this episode is being recorded Wednesday?
0: Wednesday, yeah. So, I mean, the Mets right now are playing against the Brewers. Um. Hopefully, the Mets, the Mets got to win. The Mets clearly, Cohen said it blatantly, that if they don't start winning, they're going to sell. And that's the right decision. And the Mets got to win. The Mets got to win. Sanga's pitching tonight. He's got to pitch well. <laughs> Mets have. Who do they have coming in on Friday? The Giants. Former Mets are coming into town. Uh, I'd love to see the Mets beat the Brewers, th- win the next three games, or next two, I should say, and take two out of three from San Francisco and have a 5 and 2 homestand. Feel like you could build off that. That's, you know, I'm looking for the pitching to stay hot. I'll try to.
2: Yeah, V can't argue with any of that. What I'm hoping for from the Yanks is taking these last two in Oakland. I feel like it's almost a must at this point. Then we go to St. Louis to face the Cardinals to round out the month of June, and then back around two more games in July. Kind of excited for that, considering the Cardinals are. I'm struggling, to say the least, and yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, the bats can wake up. Will they? Probably not, but a man can dream.
1: Well done. Looking forward to an exciting week of baseball, as always. Um, Hey, V, they can follow us on Instagram, can they not?
0: They certainly can. At BQB Podcast. We're the Bronx Queens Bros. DM us. We'll respond. Comment. Repost. Maybe, listen, if we can get to like 500 to 1,000 uh, followers, maybe I'll do a giveaway of like a free t-shirt or something, you know? We're, we're about to give the spirit here, so keep following, keep liking, and we'll do some big stuff for you guys, all right?
1: Heck yeah, Jack, and they can also find us on TikTok, can they not?
2: They can. at have to be QB Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Send us a talk or two. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the YouTube.
1: And uh, go Yanks. Go Yanks. There we go. And punch the microphone too. Um, <laughs> or kick it as well as I just kick it. Can't even make fun of you, V. But um, hey, we're also on Twitter. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tweet out both of these guys, Power Inkins, and I want you to comment about how wrong they are because that's what we love to see. Let us defend ourselves, and by us, I mean Jack and V. I'm just going to put them on the spot. It'll be great. You have to follow us on Twitter at BQB Podcast for a great conversation. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, YouTube, anywhere. We're there. You can't escape us. And if you love us, tell your boss... And tell him, we told you, you can have a day off. We'll sign you a little slip. It'll be approved. It'll be everything. BQB official. Big V will put the stamp on it. That's our 31st episode. We'll see you guys next time.